This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. 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 Why, hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, my. Hello. I mean, I already said hello. Rest in peace, Mr. Nelson. Prince Rogers Nelson, June 7th, 1958. April 21st, 2016. You've been inundated, I know. But I gotta get some prints in. I love prints. Authorities announced yesterday no reason to believe the singer committed suicide. County Sheriff said there's too many details that he's not going to discuss. No obvious signs of trauma. The results from the autopsy several weeks. The body's been released to the family. So we'll all be waiting for the monster news of when the funeral is, and it will be huge, and it will take over the news cycle, and it already has. Prince is one of those guys that, you know, when he's there, you think about him, and sometimes you don't, and then you, you realize, my gosh, it's Prince. I mean, he's always going to be there, right? It's Prince. Prince! No. Everybody has their own, you know, few stories about Prince. I've got a couple. I've met him a couple times. Uh, not friends at all. Just uh, 
you know, backstage concert, shake hands. Hi, I think you're great. Thank you. Move on. Surrounded by bodyguards. I love some of the quotes from Prince. He was a a different kind of human being, which made him Prince, right? When I was watching some of the old concerts, especially when he, uh, for the first, yesterday I watched the first appearance on uh, a show that was called The Midnight Special back in 1980. It seems like a hundred years ago. Um, And he was, (laughs) if you have an opportunity to see it, he was amazing. And just out of the box, strange, which is why we loved him. And he, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, no child is bad from the beginning. They just imitate their atmosphere. Yeah, everybody's got a bomb. We could all die any day. But before, I'll let that happen. I'll dance my life away. Looking at some of his numbers, I mean, amazing. Iconic. Over a hundred million albums sold worldwide. Not to count movies. Not to count other songs. I mean, uh, six big songs. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares to You. The Bangles. Manic Monday. Alicia Keys, How Come You Don't Call Me. Madonna, Love Song. Chaka Khan, I Feel For You. Cindy Lauper. When you were mine, all, all written by Prince. It's sad to hear about his death. The last time I, uh, we saw him on one of the award shows, he didn't look that great. He's walking with the cane. Uh, still was, you know, super bad Prince, but uh, didn't look that good. So I'm sure he was struggling. And look, for years he was out on stage dancing in high heels and moving around like a like a snake. You can't do that forever. In his last month, he was still relatively busy for Prince. When he played back-to-back shows in Montreal, uh, the 21st of March, exactly one month before his death. Uh, as part of his, uh, you know, piano and microphone tour. I would love to have seen that. And then on the 25th of March, he played back-to-back sold-out shows in Toronto. Busy, you know, doing his little Prince tweets. And then uh, he canceled on April 7th his uh, show in Atlanta, citing the flu. And then he performed in Atlanta, and he apologized for canceling the early shows. He said, I was a little under the weather. He he didn't say flu, though. I was a little under the weather. 
But here we are now, and I'm going to take the time to thank each and every one of you for coming out and enjoying this time with us. And according to this, he also told some of the audience, uh, wait a few days before you waste any prayers. Wow. Not sure what that means. On the 15th, he was transported to an area hospital following an emergency plane landing at Quad City International Airport in Illinois. Said he was struggling from the flu. He's flying back from Atlanta. And he wasn't far from his home. So uh, he did, you know, obviously make it back home to Minnesota. Um, there are reports now that he was overdosing and that they saved his life in Illinois and wanted him to stay. And the other reports were he, uh, for sure he didn't stay. Obviously he didn't take that advice and stay there. He left, but I think convalescent his own home just as well or better than the hospital. But he, um, one of the reports from the Illinois hospital was that he wanted a private room and the hospital couldn't provide him one. Um, if that's true, uh, come on now. He's Prince. I mean, Prince doesn't want to be in a room with me recovering from his shoulder surgery. Hey, Prince, what's happening? <laughs> Mary from Illinois is not going to be in the same room as Prince. Sorry. I know we're all the same. I got it. But uh, no, uh, Mary, no. You don't get to be in the same room as Prince. Sorry. Not going to happen. And I find it uh, I find it cute that we get these stories now about uh, how he is... Uh, you know, he. Everybody knew that Prince was a you know big fan of breakfast, and he you know loved the whole breakfast items. And really, who doesn't? I mean, I'm sure that you're along with me that saying uh, yes to breakfast items as often as possible, please. Uh, that would be great. Thank you. But uh, he, I guess, had, was you know kind of freakish about the whole uh, the whole breakfast items. And one of the one of his butlers told a story. Uh, it's on, it's one of the stories on uh, up on the blaze. Uh, the butler claiming his tie to uh, Prince hosted some big party, and uh, he said, I, had a lot of, "I have a lot of great memories, but the one that made me laugh was there was one night where I got a call about three a.m. in the morning, and he wanted breakfast for fourteen people. I was the only butler on duty during the graveyard shift. He asked for fourteen omelets and fourteen orders of pancakes." I came up with two carts full of food, trying to plate it as fast as I can when Prince stood up from his chair and walked over to my cart, grabbed a plate of pancakes, and started helping me serve. I couldn't help but laugh. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, it's cute that Prince was, you know, that's a kind of a cute inside story, but of course Prince is going to get up and start serving. I mean, they're his party mates, right? But I love the idea of any time. Anytime you want. Um, I'm just going to call and I want uh, pancakes, please. Thank you. Uh, that would be wonderful if you would just uh, send the pancakes over uh, right now. That would be great. Thank you. 
According to police, Prince was dropped off on April 20th, night before he was found dead at his uh, at his residence at about 8 o'clock at night. And the medics were dispatched the following morning. They found Prince unresponsive in an elevator on the main floor. Sad. Sad. Iconic figure. You know, I saw him um, in uh, the Controversy Tour, and I saw him on the 1999 Tour. I was back for the Controversy Tour. That's where we met. I was backstage, and that he was on fire, that show. But the 1999 Tour was uh, with uh, Vanity and uh, Morris Day and the Time, and that show was fantastic. Uh, Vanity was, you know, ready to break. She was already broken as the big, the big superstar, hot goddess on stage. Morris Day, uh, I'm cooler than Santa Claus, baby. <laughs> Those guys was fantastic. And then Prince was on fire. Stage show was great. And. Uh, I mean, he'll be missed. I mean, I listen. You know, I'm sure, along with millions of other people around the world, yesterday you were inundated with Prince songs. But it felt good to listen to Prince again. It brought back, uh, brought back a lot of memories, and uh, it was it was good to listen because you had you know Prince is one of those guys where you hear a Prince song and you go, "Oh, that's Prince. I love Prince." And you listen to the song, you move on with your life. But yesterday you listened to the songs and brought back all the memories where you were, what you were doing, what was happening in your life at the time. And that's what the iconic artists do for you, right? That's why it's so sad when they're gone. So Prince. Born June 7th, 1958. Dead at the age of 57. Died the 21st of April, 2016. Prince. Hashtag R.I.P. This is The Jeff Fisher Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company. And it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com. 
The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. One last aside on uh, Prince. Uh, one of my favorite uh, Facebook posts yesterday, uh, and I shared it uh, on my Facebook page, uh, was a, a meme uh, with the title, And For This I'm Eternally Grateful. And the meme was, Prince's final gift to us was getting Donald Trump off everyone's TV for almost a whole day. Uh, amen. Uh, yesterday was Earth Day. Yay! How did you celebrate? I thought I would give you a couple of excerpts from an article by Alex Epstein. Um, he is uh, amazing. We heard a little bit of him last week uh, testifying in front of the Senate committee. Uh, he is a uh, firm believer in uh, fossil fuels and how they've made the earth that much better. And this article, I'll tweet it out, uh, entitled, uh, The Planet Has Never Been a Safer Place for Humans to Live. Uh, here's a couple of excerpts which I thought were fascinating. Imagine that we transported someone from 300 years ago at the very start of the Industrial Revolution to today's world. What would he think about our, our environment? Without question, his reaction would be one of disbelief. Not that we had destroyed his pristine natural world, but that such a clean, healthy environment was possible. The air is so clean, our time traveler might say. Where I come from, we're breathing in smoke all day from the fire we need to burn in our furnaces and stoves. And the water, everywhere I go, the water tastes so fresh, and it's all safe to drink. On my farm, we get our water from a brook we share with animals, and my kids are always sick. And then the weather. I mean, the weather isn't that much different, but you're so much safer in it. You can move a knob and make it cool when it's hot and a warm when it's cold. And what happened to all the disease? In my time, we had insects everywhere giving us disease. My neighbor's son died of malaria, and you don't seem to have any of that here. What's your secret? Fossil fuels power machines that allow us to transform our naturally hazardous environment into a far healthier environment. Most of the natural world is too hot or too cold, has too much rainfall or not enough. Then there's the bacteria-filled water, disease-carrying insects, tornadoes, earthquakes, and tsunamis. To master nature, we've drained swamps, reclaimed land, cleared forests, built roads, constructed glass and steel skyscrapers, we've irrigated deserts, developed fertilizers and pesticides, linked oceans, all of it in humanity's incredible, successful effort to create a safer, cleaner, more habitable world. And we did most of this using machines running on cheap, plentiful, reliable fossil fuels. I'll tweet that story out. That was a couple of excerpts. But happy Earth Day. Just remember, seriously, the planet has never been a safer place to live.
And we have more Earth Day stories to tell you how much people really care about the planet today. Because, oh my gosh, the people that are telling us that we have a huge, huge problem with climate change or climate disaster or whatever they want to call it, they live what they preach. And by living what they preach, I mean they don't at all. So if they, it's okay for them not to believe it, but you, the peasant, better believe it and pay more and live in the dirt like they did 300 years ago. It's absolutely agonizing. And I know Alex believes that the earth may be safe, but bad news for slacker hotels. Um, bed bugs, yeah, bed bugs, uh, maybe developing thicker skin to fight against pesty insecticides that humans use to kill them. So, huh. uh, Alex, safer than ever. Uh, not from bed bugs, baby. Not from bed bugs. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up immediately following this broadcast, Mike Opelka with Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I heard through the grapevine uh, yesterday uh, in honor of the death of Prince, uh, Mike Opelka would be giving away the stunt brain pancake mix. I don't know that to be true. I just know that it's possible it could happen. Um, you know, I don't know what to tell you if he doesn't. Or if he does, but if he does, good luck. Enjoy them. Be great, wouldn't it? Little puro pelka pancake mix. Eight 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 nine zero zero thirty three ninety three is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeffy MRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at Jeffy MRA as well. We've got I've got uh, all kinds of stories uh, to get to. I mean, like it's like uh, I don't know a pile of news stories to get to. Um, that we've had, some of them have been in, you know, I've been stashing in my Saturday pile for a while and I just, I can't get to them and we talk about other stuff and, and I just never get to them. And so I want to try to try to get to a couple, but then as I say that, then I go back to, you know, the story that's from this week as, you know, the United Nations and the 175 world leaders, uh, signed the Paris agreement, uh, at the United Nations headquarters today, uh, the, uh, it's a historic day, said uh, Mr. Ban. Ugh, Ban Ki-moon. Uh, at a press conference following the opening of the Sarah, the signing event, this is the largest number of countries ever to sign an international agreement in a single day. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yes, if it only meant something. Fossil fuel emissions contributing to man-made climate change that alarmists such as President Obama say is 
a grave threat to the nation's country's security, arising rapidly thanks to the first couple's separate trips to Europe. Wait, what? Fossil fuel emissions contributing to man-made climate change that alarmists such as President Obama say is a grave threat to the nation. Yeah, but he and the wife are just jetting all over the world. First Lady Michelle Obama did not accompany her husband on the first leg of his trip, opting uh, to fly separately. So they can't even fly together anymore. But, hey, that climate change, (laughs) man, oh, man, we have got to do something about the climate change. And I'm sure that Paris Agreement will be huge. Huge. Um, The Penny Arcades pulled from branches at the TD Bank. And this is a story I've had uh, in the stack for a while because it's fascinating to me. That these machines, and when what they're talking about is the machines that they have at the bank where you bring in, you know, your bags or buckets or plastic bottles or whatever of change, pockets full of change, and you pour it in the machine. And the machine, you know, sucks up your coins, and it comes back with, you, that was $1.25. That was $82. And so apparently those machines uh, were wrong. A test found in one case, uh, you put in $300 of coins and got $256.90 back. Huh. So they removed them because, uh, no, they believe that you should be able to get the exact amount for whatever change you put in there. The machine should be right. Come on now. Aren't they supposed to make a little money from it? That's supposed to be a free service? Now, they said they tested the Coinstar counting machines, which you see in grocery stores and supermarkets and some area banks, uh, I think, the Coinstar machines. They were perfect. But it brought up an interesting thing in my mind uh, reading this story is that how many times we trust what we're told on things. Just off the cuff, we trust it. We trust it. Boom. Boom. So, you know, that's right. And I wonder if there's going, you know, there's a time when maybe we shouldn't. Like, I don't know. Do you ever think to yourself when you buy your trash bags for the house and the box says 50 bags or 300 bags or whatever, you know, if you go to you go to the local you know, bulk store, uh, Sam's or whatever, you get the box of, you know, 8,000 trash bags. You ever think maybe there isn't 8,000 trash bags in that box? I mean, very few times do you find yourself counting whatever the amount of trash bags are in that box, right? I mean, if it says there's 300, okay. I mean, do you realize that you've you've count? Do you count them? That box only gave me two hundred and ninety-eight trash bags. Those people are thieves. Well, actually, they are. When I worked, uh, and that's worth a lot of money. You think about that. Two trash bags. And just let's, let's just say, for example, there were two hundred and you know 
95 trash bags in that box and not 300. Five trash bags a box. That's a lot of money. Over a year for that company, huge. Huge amount of money. When I worked, I remember working in, uh, when I worked uh, for a grocery store, stocking shelves, when I first started, uh, I remember we were, we'd were we get pallets of cereal in. And, you know, you'd get a, you know, the store would get a deal on a pallet of, of Frosted Flakes. So on the pallet comes 12 cases of Frosted Flakes. So I remember stocking the shelves and building displays of the Frosted Flakes. But every sixth box on that pallet, so two of the boxes on that pallet, there was a missing box of Frosted Flakes. Okay? So every sixth box, one box missing. Now, as a shelf replenisher, I could give a flying crap about that missing box of Frosted Flakes. I'm not saying anything. That's one less box I got to put on the shelf. That's one less box I've got to use to build, put on the display. Right? So you open the box and go, huh, one missing. It's gone. Break down the box. Move on to the next box. Next box, they're all there. You don't worry about the last box. You know, five more boxes. Huh, there's another one missing. Weird. Now maybe I ought to say something. Ah, I got to get this stuff built. I got to get this on the shelf. That happens all over the country. In the course of a year, that's a lot of money. I'm not saying that the companies do it on purpose. And I'm not saying that they wouldn't own up to it because they might say, oh, my gosh, we had a machine malfunction and we didn't catch it in time. So, you know, 800 boxes were minus a box of Frosted Flakes or, you know, this particular number code number of trash bags were minus five bags a box. So come in and, you know, we'll give you a free trash bags or call this number and we'll send you trash bags or whatever. They'll make good about it. And if you were to call as a, just a single person, they would say, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, they would probably believe you whether you were telling them the truth or not and send you a free box of trash bags. Because in the long run, unless it's some kind of big, huge class action lawsuit, sending a few people a box of trash bags is a heck of a lot cheaper and worth less money than the money they're making on pulling out less trash bags in the box. And I'm not picking on trash bag companies because I'm sure that they're going to you know, we've count our bags and those boxes are 100% correct. I got it. Okay. And your cereal companies, I'm sure it was a mistake that those cases on the pallets that I happened to run across every six boxes were empty. I or had one box missing. I'm sure it was just a mistake. I mean, I'm sure it's not possible at all that every sixth box on your, uh, chain of filling boxes of frosted flakes would miss a box. There's no way that could happen, right? Right. Right. How many cases of cereal that is in a year? I mean it's just unbelievable. And who no one I mean who is going to complain about that? The guy that complains is the guy that buys the one case of cereal. Not the pallets, 
you know, just the one case. And he opens up the box and expects 24 boxes of whatever product is in that case. He opens it up and there's 23. He's pissed. So he complains. And he either gets another case, they send him another box, he gets credit for the box, whatever. You know, they work it out. Still, cheaper in the long run, though. So it just is amazing to me when things, and it, it just say, uh, uh, and I know that's regulate. you know, the government makes sure that we're all safe. I got it. But when you buy, you know, just anything, you know, Tylenol, and it says they've got, uh, you know, 200 pills in there. Do you count them? I mean, I don't. When it says, uh, you know, you buy shampoo, and it says, uh, you know, worth 800 shampoos, is it? I mean, did I use too much? Did I use not enough? Am I getting 900 or am I getting 600? I mean, what's, you know, do I have to spoon it out into a little cup every morning and make sure that I get 8,000 shampoos out of this big bottle of shampoo? I don't know. I'm just saying, who tests it? How do I know? So we just believe. We just believe. So when you're putting your pennies in the machine and you pour it in, You just believe that your three hundred dollars is really two hundred and fifty six ninety, and the penny machine owner. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did we short you three dollars and ten cents? Oh my gosh. We are so sorry. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393. And, you know, I'm reminded of uh, something that the uh, companies like to do, and, and they've been doing it for a long time, and it's just a, it's a, it's a making you, they're not lying to you. They're not lying to you, but they're making you, making it appear that it's something that it's not. You know, uh, it, and people are so used to it now, it's like, yeah, that's what they do. But remember when... You go to the, let's say, for an example, I don't know, the ice cream freezers. And there were actually half gallons of ice cream. Oh, no. Remember when they first started making them a little bit smaller? Now they're all that way. Uh, Except for the great bluebell here in Texas. But um, now they're all that way. They're not not a half gallons. They're not half gallons. They look the same. They look a little bit smaller. They look all, but they're not half gallons. And now we've just become, oh, that's right. We're paying the same. It's just less, less product. Potato chips. Bag of potato chips. You pick up the bag, there's so much air in those bags. Why? Because they want you to believe that there's still 800 ounces in that bag. But really, there's only 500 ounces. And it says so on the bag. They're not lying to you. The bag says 500 ounces of potato chips. That's what you're getting in this bag. But it just looks like there's more. Why is the bag made for 10,000 potato chips? Because we want you to think it's more in there. And you do. Thank you. And then we have Coca-Cola products. Coke Zero, 
was going to be renamed. I am a big fan of Coke Zero. I love Coke Zero. I drink a lot of it. However, now they're changing their name. And I think Coca-Cola is going to start adding their big red signature Coca-Cola signature on all their soda cans because they want to be, you know, compliant and want to make sure that people know that those are Coca-Cola products. But Coke Zero is going to be renamed Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Why? When it's already got no sugar. It says so right on the can. The bottom of the can. Real Coca-Cola taste and zero calories, zero sugar. Oh, look, it says so right on the can. But now, because of a survey, Coca-Cola Zero. Oh, so good. Some days... A cold Coke Zero is probably the best thing you could drink. And if Coca-Cola would like to pay me to say that, even better, I will. But they don't have to right now. Yeah, no, wait, they do. But why are they changing it? Because five in ten people have no idea it's sugar-free. Five in ten people have no idea it's sugar-free. The other five do. I don't care. Coca-Cola is a private company. They can rename their things all they want. But if they mess, if they mess with how they make it, start messing with the flavor, messing with the way they make it, and their little, their little Coca-Cola minds coming up with some kind of new Coke Zero plan, that's it. Done with them. Done. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program. Now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. How are you? Good to see you. 888-900-3393 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, at JeffyMRA. Uh, Mike Opelka, Pure Opelka, coming up immediately following this broadcast. And then uh, we do a little uh, Jay Severin Rewind right into Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Paggs, all live here on the Blaze Radio Network. Monday through Friday, of course. I mean, my gosh, Doc and Skip. Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat Stu. <laughs> I mean, really, no reason to go anywhere else. I've told you that before. Sundays, David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D. Got some gun talk, some Hollywood 360, just to kind of uh, kick back and get your Sunday ready to go. 
Somewhere along the line on Sunday, they replay this show. Shh, don't tell anybody. So, and then, of course, you know, I mean, you can go to the, I mean, you know this already. I'm only telling you because I just want to remind you. I know you know it. Don't look at me like you think I think you're stupid. I don't. But you can just, you know, go to the same page, you know, theblaze.com slash radio, and you can scroll down and just download this show. Oh, sure, you can download other shows. And other, we've got other, you know, other podcasts that you can download that don't air on the network. Sure, you can download those, but who cares about those? I'm telling you to download this particular show and take me with you wherever you go. I mean, that's all I care about. I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> I mean, why would I? <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, I'm supposed to care about other people. More than 1,400 new terms and phrases and more than 700 new senses of existing terms were also added to the Merriam-Webster unabridged version. They've revised, updated, and enhanced hundreds of entries and added thousands of example sentences to provide contextual information. A kind of a snapshot of how exactly our language expands. It doesn't happen quickly. We monitor many of these words for years before they meet our criteria for entry. Thank you. Thank you, Miriam. Among the 2,000-odd entries are the likes of uh, FOMO. How good. I wouldn't want people not to know what FOMO meant. They see it on Twitter, fear of missing out. Or mix, MX, period, which is the new general neutral uh, honorific instead of Mr. or Mrs. Mix. Ugh. Ugh. Come on now. As with every dictionary update, the words that are added are signs of the times reflecting what we're talking about and how we're talking about it. I see YMI as a reminder that our overrun, distracted lives have led us to embrace a breeze. Giving us a need to flag things that get lost in the deluge. Wacky tobacco reflects one of the hottest political issues of recent years, legalizing marijuana. And words like docs, a slang verb that means to publicly identify or publish private information about someone, especially as a form of punishment, reflect our preoccupations with privacy and internet shaming. Um... And it doesn't say so here, but just I know, you know, I know you know, but I'm just letting you know what the, uh, if you needed to, uh, if you needed to know. No, you know what? You don't need to know. How about that? I was going to let you know something. I was going to teach you something. Now I'm just teasing. I see why am I, in case you missed it. Ah, you couldn't think of that, could you? Okay. Okay. Some of the sampling of the new words that went into the, uh, just so you know they're there. I mean, you can, of course, get it. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Do you know, I still have, we have to find it. I've got a couple of old, maybe more than two, actually. Now that I think about it, I've got boxes of books in the garage that need to just... Hello, if you'd like to purchase 
Books in the Garage. I'm going to call it Books in the Garage. I'm just going to take a picture, and you're going to have to buy it. You're going to be agonizing. But I've got an old dictionary. Nobody, no one looks at those forever. I mean, they're cute to have. I can put them on a bookshelf and go, yeah, that's a Merriam Webster's College Dictionary from 1812. That's a Merriam College Dictionary from 1956. Fascinating, huh? Yep. I can go online and get these new words too. Because the new one the new the old ones don't have athleisure. That's casual clothing designed to be worn both for exercising and for general use. Bitcoin. Cognitive map. A representation formed in the mind of one spatial environment. Cold case has not been in there. An unsolved criminal investigation. And a TV show. Cold turkey. Compassion fatigue. That's what I have. Compassion fatigue. Apathy or indifference toward the suffering of others as a result of overexposure to traffic tragic news stories and images of subsequent appeals for assistance. That's what I think I have. I think I'm suffering from that. Compassion fatigue. Farm share. A portion of a farm's output available for sale through community supportive agricultural systems. Farm share. A commune. Gastric banding. You know what that is. Meat slash cute. What? A cute, charming, or amusing first encounter between romantic partners, as in a movie. (laughs) And then they've got the micros. Micro bead, micro credit, micro lending, micro loan. NAF, N-A-F-F, adjective, mostly British, informal, lacking in style or good taste, vulgar and unfashionable. That's what I am, NAF. A nomophobia, nomophobia, fear of being without access to a working cell phone. Come on now. Revenge porn. A new movie brought to you by. It means sexually explicit images of a person posted online without the person's consent, especially as a form of revenge or harassment. And also, revenge porn tonight at 9 a.m. Tonight at 9 a.m.? No, 9 p.m. Don't watch tonight at 9 a.m., you'll miss it. TMI. Come on now. Urban fantasy. What waggle dance? What's a waggle dance? A series of figure eight movements performed by a bee to indicate the direction and abundance of a distant food source. Waggle dance. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I have. I am a fan of waggle dancing. 
But we did find out that you know we I do have I do suffer. What was it I suffer from again? Compassion fatigue. That's what I have. I'm suffering from compassion fatigue. Apathy or indifference toward the suffering of others as a result of overexposure to tragic news stories and images on the subsequent appeals for assistance. Compassion fatigue. Well, at least I know what I'm suffering from. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Show is on. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I was actually just strolling through the blaze here looking at some headlines and you know what? I just, I can't. I can't anymore. I just can't. I have, what am I suffering? I'm suffering from compassion fatigue. Horrific news out of Ohio. Eight family members dead in execution-style killings. They're still looking for the person or persons who did it. Five people dead in Georgia, which I believe is a murder-suicide. Chicago sees soaring increase in shootings. It's we're arguing about transgenders going to bathrooms. It's unbelievable to me. And, of course, our president, President Obama, oh, I should overturn that law. That's, that's just uh, after a British travel advisory uh, calls for the state bathroom laws to be overturned. Uh, well, it's a state law, so bite me, Mr. President. And uh, another thing there, a British travel advisory. Uh, How about you, I don't know, warn people about going to Dubai in the Middle East? Don't do that, though, do you? You tell people to abide by the customs and the laws. So why don't you do that in the United States? That pisses me off. And just one headline that I'll remind you of uh, Trump walks back pledge to eliminate $19 trillion national debt just weeks after he made the promise. So he's taking back something he said, but I thought he never does that. Hey, what do I know? Okay, I can't. I can't take it. I got a stack of stories in front of me, and all I want to do is talk about the creepiest things train conductors have seen. Now, those of you that follow me on Twitter know that I am a fan of trains. Life in the train age, love them, always have. Which is why when I lived in Pennsylvania and uh, you know rode the train back and forth, trains back and forth from Pennsylvania into. Um, 
New York every day. I, you know, as much of a pain as it is, I didn't mind it. I love trains. Always have. Love them. I, you know, I, I really wouldn't have minded working for the railroad. Would have been a good gig. So if you work for the railroad, bless you. That's a, that's a good gig. Now where I live uh, here in Texas, I mean, trains are a big part of life here in Texas. They move some, they move some product here in Texas. And they do, obviously, across the country. But there are, you know, stronger areas than others. And uh, I, I love them. And, well, you know, <laughs> a friend of mine had an actual train horn underneath his truck. And those things are big. So, I mean, he had to, he had to, he had to put it underneath his truck. You can't put it up on top because they're heavy. He had it, had it put underneath his truck. <laughs> Those things are so freaking loud. When you and you think about it, think about it, think about what you hear on the train horn when you're at the at the intersection and the train goes by, blowing that horn, how loud that is, and how far you hear it, and to hear it say in your neighborhood is loud. We used to watch. He'd make a U-turn, say you'd be at a light, and somebody'd be across the street at a bus stop on the other side. So you'd make a U-turn, so you'd make that wide turn, and the truck would end up going in front of that bus stop, and he'd blow that horn. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, people are jumping out of their skin. And I scared the heck out of my family doing it. We were in front of my in-law's house, just in the street. I didn't think, and I wasn't thinking, I just... You know, I wanted to blow the horn. Hey, you know, look, he's, I, got, I got Dingleberry's truck, and he's got the train horn. Give a listen. And I push that button, and they're all standing in the, lo- in the driveway. <laughs> it didn't go over well. It didn't go over well at all. Those things are loud. They do some damage to your hearing when you're, you know, I don't know, thirty within 30 feet of them. Anyway, I love trains. And I'm going down this story about the train conductors describe the creepiest things they have seen. And the first one, they talk about a train hits a deer, which I'm sure, you know, they hit animals all the time. But a man in camo shows up to butcher it. There you go, baby. Now, these are kind of weird. Dog's head mounted on crucifix pops up next to to the tracks. Hmm. Conductor sees mysterious man in a trench coat, and you think to yourself, yeah, well, that's not weird. Well, you know, people they see people all the time. What happens, the worst thing that happens about trains is suicides, right? And let me, before we move on to more stories about suicides and weird trains, weird things that conductors have seen, in the Northeast Corridor, for example, let's say, oh, I don't know, between Manhattan and, oh, I don't know, Trenton, New Jersey, for example, just as an example, you know, the Northeast Corridor for New Jersey Transit and Amtrak. For those of you living in the tri-state area, um, when someone jumps in front of a train and commits suicide, yes, we are very sad. Yes, we don't ever want it to happen. But do we need to really, I mean, delay the trains for more for more than an hour? 
I think that should be a mandate. Uh, no more than an hour. You need to investigate the crime. The person jumped from here into the front of the tracks, got killed. Bummer. Boy, does that stink. That's what happened. And I mean that. I, I don't want it to ever happen. I think people should, you know, you hear me out. Hear me out. Don't walk, run, or jump in front of a train, an oncoming train. I know. Crazy. The train wins. The train wins. But to hold up and delay hundreds, if not thousands of people for more than an hour because some dingleberry ended their life in front of a train is insane to me. But, hey, that's just me. Woman jumps in front of a train, recovered body, looks like a different person. Whoa. Man sees ghost of crash victim walking away from derailment. Train comes in for repairs covered in red mush. Hobo seeks shelter in empty train car, only to be smothered to death by grains. Oh, that's got to stink. God, that's bad luck. Railway engineer finds remnants of suicide during inspection. And so they didn't even know they hit the person. That stinks. Then they got to go back along the tracks. Man. Woman attempts suicide by jumping in front of the train with her dog. She lives, trained dog dies. Trailer park. This is one. I love this one because this is what unintended consequences. Trailer park residents try to derail train, end up in hail of shrapnel. They laid a bunch of landscaping stones and tie plates on top of the tracks. And they sat back drinking beers, watching the train go over them. The train just crushed them up and shot them out at them. They all got nailed with shrapnel. <laughs> Unintended consequences of life in the train age. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Thank, thank you. Sorry, even though I said goodbye to Prince today, I can't, all I'm doing, <laughs> I'm in the break singing Nat King Cole. I don't know how it got in my head, but it did. So that will be my day. And probably I'm guessing by about mid-afternoon, my family will be screaming at me to get out of the house. So. Something to look forward to uh, for me, anyway. All right, let's talk a little tech, shall we? Um, let's talk tech by starting with, I'm told, that when you go to theblaze.com slash radio, and not only are you supposed to download my show, okay, and I mean, there's other shows there you can download too, but like I said before, I don't care about those. Um you can look at them though. There's, all, I mean, there's all the shows are there: the Monday through Friday shows, the weekend shows, and we have a bunch of other specialty shows that never air on the network that are there for you. That are uh, Blaze Radio specific podcasts that are really great. Did I say they were really great? Oh my gosh! I mean, they're just other podcasts 
there. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't care about them. You can download those two as well. But what you need to do, as well as downloading them, okay, is you need to subscribe to it so you get the little update when the new, you know, when the new podcast goes up. And you can comment, which they love. And you know what else? You know what else you can do? You can do it for free. Because Bloomberg, the news sites are going to start charging readers for to comment on articles. Which actually, I think this is a pretty smart idea. News publishers fraught with relationship with the people who comment on their articles. Many websites have been removing the comment section altogether. Uh, but they're, they're going to start charging the people who hang out there. Uh, the founder of MP3.com, Michael Robertson, from San Diego, uh, fighting a long legal battle with the record industry, argues that the prospect of new revenue stream will convince a struggling industry to reconsider the value of comments. Comments are valuable. They're also not really valuable because when you're doing it for free, you get a lot of, uh, let's call them, uh, what shall we call them, trolls, which I'm sure is probably in the new Merriam-Webster dictionary, although I didn't see it there. Uh, So you can do that for free at theblaze.com slash radio. All right, where shall we go with tech? Where shall we go in tech? Virtual reality porn? Going to be offered in Las Vegas rooms. Um, okay. The complete package soon be trialed in Las Vegas hotels. Nineteen ninety nine a pop. Oof, man. I hope they remember we talked about the whole virtual reality suit. Ooh. I mean, we need to make sure that they. You talk about bed bugs in hotel rooms. Oof. Virtual reality, porn bugs in hotel rooms could uh, could be a little issue. But, you know, I was reading yesterday about, uh, what the heck was I reading it, about uh, how people are reacting to the virtual reality games. And uh, some of them, um, the game where you walk the tightrope, they have, uh, you can download it now and then you can walk the tightrope between buildings and stuff. What the heck is it called? I should have bring up the story. I'm telling you the story and I don't have it in front of me. But I was reading yesterday and it was talking about how people start to sweat and their legs are shaking and they know it's not real. Or at least they say they know it's not real, but they're so into it. It's almost like reality. It's virtual reality. And they start, uh, they start shaking and they start sweating the knees. And just, so it feels like the real thing. China unveiled its first interactive robot, can chat away to humans and even take orders from iCloud. And it's a robot girlfriend. Nice. She when the robot when you say hello to the robot, she replies, Yes, my lord, what can I do for you? <laughs> When asked to please wave your hand, she does just that. Uh, What she ought to do is say, uh, which hand should I wave and how long should I wave it? Okay? 
I mean, if you're if she's going to say yes, my lord, what can I do? Let's just carry this out to the to the full line. All right. Wave your hand. Yes, my lord. Which hand? And how long should I wave? Her developers say she's programmed to match human facial expressions, body and mouth movements. She can even offer services based on cloud technology that can position herself independently. Okay. So we're moving on. We are moving on. And don't forget Ray Kurzweil, the man. Biggest believers in the singularity. Uh, You know, humans, with the aid of technology, will supposedly live forever. Ray says the year 2045, because according to his calculations, the non-biological intelligence created in that year will reach a level that's a billion times more powerful than all human intelligence today. Think of that. In By 2045, according to Ray Kurzweil, the non-biological intelligence created in that year will reach a level that it's a billion times more powerful than all human intelligence today. Wow. Now, before 2045, Kurzweil thinks we could begin the deathless process. We'll reach a point around 2029 when the medical technologies will add one additional year for every year to your life expectancy. So whatever age you are at 2029, what your life expectancy is supposed to be now will be added to another year to that and another year on top of that every year after that. I don't mean life expectancy based on your birth date, but rather your remaining life expectancy. Okay. So, I mean, that's fascinating. Fascinating. And at what point does it stop? I mean, he doesn't, at least I, he doesn't, in this, what I have in front of me from Ray, he doesn't say that. Well, let's see. A lot will happen over the next 30 years to make that reality. He predicts that nanomachines capable of taking over for our immune system to fix problems like cancerous cells and clogged arteries and connecting our brains to the cloud will be available by then. He likens that change to the next step in our evolution, same way our ancestors developed to use the frontal cortex two million years ago. We'll create more profound forms of communication than we're familiar with today, more profound music and funnier jokes. We'll be funnier. We'll be sexier. We'll be more adept at expressing loving sentiments. Uh-huh. That sounds good. But he still doesn't say at what point you stop your life expectancy. So by 2029, you can add a year, each year, every year, to your life expectancy. So at 2029, if your life expectancy is 150, it's then 151. And then 2030 would be 100. If your life expectancy is 151, it'd be 152. When does it stop? How long do you go before your body says, oh, "All right, I'm done"? Because I'm 152 right now, and I got to tell you, I mean, starting to feel the wear and tear at 152. 
I know it's a surprise, but I am. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, by the time I get to, you know, three, four hundred, maybe I'll wear down enough to, uh, you know, to stop stop working, but not until then. Amazon same day delivery. Do you know what Amazon same day delivery is right now? <laughs> Racist. I know, I know, I thought the same thing. Effective same-day delivery is in more white zip codes than black ones. So within the zip codes around the areas, because they want to keep it local to the warehouses of Amazon... More white people live than black people. So because of that, the same-day delivery is racist. Wow. Um, That is just amazing to me that people would think that. Now, the Amazon same-day delivery is a really cool feature. We do in this neck of the woods that we live in here in the Dallas Metroplex, live in a same-day delivery area. And it's pretty cool that you can get something the same day. (laughs) Yes, I want that. Click. It's at your door. And it's not quite that fast. It soon will be, though. But, I mean, it's like, uh, I want that. Order it. Finish doing whatever you're doing, and pretty soon it's, they're knocking at your door, dropping your product off. Pretty cool. However, it can't be cool anymore because it's racist. Okay? Sorry. It can't be cool anymore because it's racist. And I'm absolutely positive that that's what Amazon was thinking. Come on now. You think Amazon gives a flying crap? Who's buying their product? I don't care. Amazon doesn't go to the bank and go, that's black money. That's white people money. Uh, Sorry. Got news for you. They don't. They go to the bank and say, here's the money we made. Doesn't matter whether it came from white person, yellow person, red person, black person. So if you happen to live next to one of their warehouses or you know where their same-day delivery is, guess what? You get the delivery. If you don't, you have to wait two days. So making people wait more than same-day delivery is racist. Unbelievable. Although, remember, in today's world, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're either racist or a bigot, or a hater. That's it. Why the hate? Just ask yourself today as you're going through the day. (laughs) Why the hate? This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Thank you. Yes, it is. Thank you for coming along for the ride today. Thank you to my man, Brad Staggs, who fills in for me from time to time on the Blaze Radio Network. He just walked in and handed me a large French vanilla cappuccino. Oh, I think I just fell in love. I think I just fell in love. It's from 7-Eleven, too. I haven't had one from 7-Eleven uh, in a long, long time. It better be as good as Racetrack. I don't want to complain, but the Racetrack uh, French vanilla cappuccinos are uh, really good. Uh, their blend is blended just right. Their blend is almost like uh, in the, uh, they don't have Hess here in Texas, but the Hess French vanilla cappuccinos were really good uh, when I lived in Florida and also uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I'm just saying, uh, we're ready to enjoy my 7-Eleven French vanilla cappuccino here. And thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. He was tell, reminded of a time he met Prince, too, in uh, Nashville. And uh, he said it was uh, about the same as mine. Just a quick hello, and uh, Prince and his posse moved on. And that's just kind of, I guess that's how you meet Prince. Hi, I'm Prince. Bossy moves on. That was Prince. I just met Prince. <laughs> all right, so we've got, I didn't even get to all the, you know, all the really cool tech stuff that we could get to. The driverless pods is going to hit Singapore. That's going to be weird to see those moving around, but it'll be kind of cool. You know, just hop in your little pod and take me to the restaurant. Then hop in your little pod and go back home. Right? I guess it's kind of cool. And sad, sad, sad news from Victoria's Secret. I know. I know you say to yourself, Jeff, how could there be sad news from Victoria's Secret? Are they closing their stores? No. Oh, my gosh, it's not that sad news. Uh, According to reports, uh, they are set to get rid of their swimwear after this year. Now, those of you that are saying to yourself, but were they still going to let girls walk around in just bras and panties that are almost mirror swimwear? I say, yes, yes, they are. So why are you so sad? I don't know. It just sounds like it should be a sad day when companies get rid of swimwear. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Have a good week. Take care. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.